as Michael has already mentioned, uh, it's a little different service for you tonight. And it's different for all of us. There's just something about this day that we remember the sacrifice of our Savior. A lot of times you'll come to Rich Point Church and you'll, you'll hear a, a feel-good message, what I would call it. Um, not necessarily to not talk about negative things or sin or hell or anything like that. It's not necessarily the lack of that, but just because God has redeemed us and we need to be thankful for that and we need to glory in that and be thankful for what He has done. And so I, I tend to focus on celebrating the cross and celebrating the resurrection and a little less on um, other things. But today there is no way, there's no way that you and I could be in this place tonight or watching online and not sit in this moment to feel the weight of our sin. No one likes to talk about sin. None of us want to talk about the things that we've done. None of us want to talk about the times that we've fallen short. The times that we've intentionally failed God or failed ourselves or failed this world. Whatever that looks like. None of us really want to talk about those things. Because we don't want to talk about things that are hard. Right? But there's no way to come into this place tonight and not sit for a moment in the weight of why Jesus had to go to the cross. There's no way for us to not recognize that our sin, our failures, our struggles, or why Jesus had to give his life for us. So it is a little bit different tonight. And there's a purpose for that. I want us to really take it in. Really take it in. Just what God has done for us. always struggle with calling today Good Friday. It's always been difficult because you, Jesus gave his life on Good Friday. He died. He was humiliated. Um, he gave his life and I've always had a hard time calling it Good, Good Friday. <clears throat> As we look tonight, I'm going to try really hard. As we look at the cross tonight, it's important to understand that the cross is a symbol of salvation and redemption. But salvation and redemption from what? Christians might see the cross only as individual salvation. When we look at the cross, you and I typically 
internalize it, and we typically see the cross as individual salvation. Well, today, um, I'm saved, and, and because of the cross, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm saved, and I'm, I'm, I'm His for eternity. We tend to internalize it, and it's okay to do so. But we tend to internalize this. But what I want you to understand tonight is that the cross is so much bigger than just our individual salvation. It's so much bigger and greater than that. And that's a big deal, our salvation, right? He paid the price for us. And so our salvation, that's huge. But it's so much greater. It's so much greater than that. Scripture shows us that the cross is a symbol of victory over evil. The cross is a symbol... Uh, of victory over sin. And the cross is a symbol of victory over death. Praise be to God. Through the cross, we have forgiveness of sin. There's no question. When we accept that sacrifice, when we accept that in, on faith and believe in Jesus Christ, there's no question. That brings us to salvation. There's no question about that, but the cross is so much more than that. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright, um, someone that I've followed for a long time, very knowledgeable. God's given him a lot of wisdom. <clears throat> he describes salvation. He says this, Something happened when Jesus died as a result of which the world is a different place. No one realized Easter Day, and it took them a while to realize even then, but something happened. And this is very difficult for us to talk about because it has to do with there being dark forces in the world which we humans give power to by worshiping them. Whether we call them gods or whether we just think of them as money, as sex or power or whatever it is. And then they have power over us. And we worship them, which is adulterous. Our humanness fractures, which is sin. And how are we rescued from that? Jesus rescues us from all things that get in the way of our being the genuine human beings we are supposed to be. What Wright is talking about here is the amazing work of Jesus on the cross being so much more than just individual salvation and forgiveness. Jesus defeated sin. He defeated the evil forces as well. The Apostle Paul describes this cosmic salvation over the forces of darkness in the book of Colossians. He says this in, in verse 13. He says, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then he goes on to say in chapter 2 verse 13, God made alive together with Him, having forgiving, forgiving, forgiven us our sins and trespasses. And catch this. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by the triumphing, triumphing over them in Him. 
Guys, the, wow. Can we just sit a moment in that scripture? Can you leave that up there for a moment? He disarmed the rulers and authority and put them to open shame. And just right before that, he said, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with all its legal demands. This scripture has rocked my world. This scripture has rocked my world. The work on the cross is a finished work. It's a finished work. And what does that actually mean? That means he canceled the debt that we owed for our sins once and for all. It's canceled. If we are in Christ and we stand before God today, blameless. Like, I don't know about you, but that just makes me feel so guilty inside, yet so excited that I can hardly contain myself. Like, it has nothing to do with you or me. It has nothing to do with our ability at all. It has nothing to do with you and I being good enough. Or saying the right things or doing the right things or thinking the right things. Absolutely nothing to do with any of that. And everything to do with the finished work on the cross. Like, that makes me feel so guilty knowing that I get to partake in that. Knowing that He took my debt and canceled it. Yet at the same time, Praise be to God that He loved me enough to take my sin. Canceling the record of debt that stood against us. You see, if we're in Christ, God has already forgiven us of our past sins, of our present sins, and our future sins. Like that one, that'll throw you for a loop, okay? That one will throw you for a loop. But the, we, we don't crucify, we sin tomorrow, we don't send Jesus back to the cross, do we? Because the work of the cross is finished. And so when He died on the cross, He died for all of our sins, for all of eternity. That's powerful. I don't know how else to put it. Listen, folks. It's not just about us. And that's the beauty of the work on the cross. The work that Jesus did on the cross is so much bigger than us. And if I can explain it like this for a moment, there was this cosmic battle. There was this cosmic battle between good and evil. And evil seemed to have the upper hand, right? Evil seemed to have the upper hand. All over Facebook today, I've seen so many of you sharing scriptures and sharing different things. But one of those things is, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, right? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And you have all these folks that are, that are saying that. But for a moment, for a moment, Satan thought he had won. For a moment, it seemed like Satan had the upper hand. But you know what? God's plan is perfect. God's plan is perfect. Jesus lived the perfect life, and He did not sin. Perfect life did not sin. That means that Jesus was the only and the perfect sacrifice that was required for all the sins of the world. 
And not just for that day and time 2,000 years ago, but for all of us, past, present, and future. The work on the cross is finished. What evil did not understand, what Satan did not get in that moment, is that when Christ was on the cross, He took our sins and paid the penalty for them all. And He paid the price for you and me. Now this, we can individualize this. And we can bring this down to street level. That's right. You know that thing that you did earlier today? You know that moment that you got angry and you snapped? You know that moment that you were checking out that website? You thought no one was watching? You know that time that you had those thoughts, acted on them? Guys, there's... There's a time for us to feel the weight of our sin. And today just happens to be, in my opinion, one of the best times. He paid the price for those things that you just thought of. I don't know what they are. I, I don't know your life. But you know those things that you were just thinking about. He gave His life for those things. He gave His life for those things. Jesus proclaims this, this overcoming. He overcame evil. He overcame Satan and all of his forces. He, Jesus proclaims this overcoming evil in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night that he was betrayed. And Jesus states that his disciples, hey, you're going to go through things. You're going to go through tribulations. He's telling these guys, you're going to go through tribulations. But you know what? I'm going to leave you with my peace. And don't fear, because I've overcome the world. I'm going to leave you with my peace. As a matter of fact, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulations, there's no question. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Guys, Jesus... He already beat the world. You and I are struggling right now. You and I are dealing with so many things in our lives and we're struggling with everything that this world has to throw at us. All these things that we're dealing with. And Jesus says these words. I leave you with my peace. Take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Satan and all of his demons, all the evil forces, Jesus has already conquered. Like, just let that sink in for a moment. He has already conquered. In the book and popular movie by C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, really cool movie. If you haven't watched it, you probably should. But C.S. Lewis paints this picture um, of atoning victory. What is atoning victory? To atone for the sins of Edmund... Um, Aslan, the great lion, is slaughtered by the white witch on an altar. They built this altar. All the wicked forces of Narnia. I don't, if you've ever watched the movie, it's, it's really... That's one of the craziest parts in the whole movie. But it's just like all these evil-looking things just come around. and They're around this big altar. And, and then Aslan, the great lion, is laying there on the altar. And they end up slaughtering him, taking his life. 
And so it's, it's really a difficult moment to watch in this movie. The story of sacrifice and death, resurrection and victory reflect the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. If you've watched the movie not long after, um, they take his life, the great lion. He comes back to life. He pays the price and then he comes back to life. What a representation of our Jesus. In the end, he conquered the white witch and brought the entire kingdom back from under her rule. He prevailed over evil and wickedness. Jesus stood in our place. Jesus stood in our place. He was humiliated by evil and wicked forces. He was ultimately crucified on the cross. And that's why we're here tonight. That's why we remember He stretched out His arms on the cross and He allowed them, He allowed them to nail Him to the cross. He allowed them to do these things to Him. And He stretched out His arms on the cross ultimately to be crucified. Good, Good Friday represents the beginning. Although the story revolves around the gruesome death of Jesus, it is the beginning work of Christ defeating sin, evil, and death. It's so much bigger than just you and I and our salvation. A Christian can place their faith in the atoning sacrifice of Christ, not just for future life and death, but also for the resurrected life not bound by sin or by evil. Because Christ has conquered all of those things. And so my question to you tonight is, are you struggling with sin tonight? Are you struggling with with something in your life that you haven't been able to to overcome yet? Are you dealing with things that you've kind of decided, well, that's just out of my control? Here's what we do sometimes, folks. We sometimes say, well, I'm, I'm just human. I guess I'm always going to be this way. I guess I'm always going to struggle with this. I guess I'm always going to do that. That's just how it is. I'm going to be dealing with this thing forever. And I, I actually don't know how I can keep this up. And I want to tell you tonight. I want you to hear me very closely. Jesus gave His life on the cross To break the chains of sin on your life. He gave his life so that in 2021, in April, April the, what is the second of 2021, almost eight o'clock at night. So you could say, you know what? I don't have to do this anymore. I can lay this down. Because Jesus gave his life so that I wouldn't have to deal with this. He gave His life for my freedom. He has conquered so that you and I can be free. And the question is, do we want that? Do you want that freedom tonight? Are you looking for freedom? Maybe you're online and you're thinking, man, I just didn't know what I was getting into tonight. But just as Michael said earlier, you can come on up. Just as Michael said earlier, you didn't just stumble upon the website or Facebook You didn't just stumble into Ridgepoint Church here on Water Gap Road tonight. You're here for a reason and for a purpose. And so I'm asking you tonight, what are you struggling with? What are you dealing with? 
What is that thing that you need to let go of? We're getting ready to, to partake in a, in a time of remembrance of Jesus and His sacrifice for us. We're getting ready to partake in remembering the broken body. We're going to partake in a moment remembering the blood that was shed for our sins. What are you holding on to tonight? You see, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. Before we go into this time of remembrance, I want to remind you that He gave His life so that you can be free. Let me say that again. Sit with this for a moment. Jesus gave His life so that you and I could be free. He did. He loves you that much that He gave His life for you. He wants to help you. He ultimately wants to save you. Will you receive Him tonight? Will you receive Him tonight? If you're watching online or you're here in this room, it's a different kind of service. But I want to give you an opportunity to surrender tonight. I believe there's someone with us that has never surrendered to the Lord. Everything I'm talking about tonight, everything that I've said, the sacrifice, what we've sang about, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus, He came for you. He loves you that much. He gave His life as ransom for our sin. He paid the price and the debt that you and I deserve. Because you and I couldn't do that ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. We just couldn't. We couldn't be connected back to a holy, righteous God. And so Jesus stood in our place. Maybe tonight's the first time that you've heard that. Maybe tonight is the first time that you've heard that Jesus stood in your place. There's something to do with that knowledge. When you hear that and you believe that Jesus, being the, the only Son of God, born of a virgin, we won't get into that tonight, but born of a virgin, lived a perfect life. And because of His perfect life, didn't never sin. He became the sacrifice for all of humanity in all of time. They nailed Him to a cross for our sins. When He gave His life on the cross, He breathed His last breath. He said, it is finished. They put Him into a borrowed tomb. On the third day, just like he said, we're going to talk about this a lot on Sunday, but just like Jesus said, on the third day, they came to look at the tomb where they had laid his body. And guess what? Just like he said, he had risen from the dead. He wasn't in there. 
40 days later, he ascended into heaven. And today, he sits at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and I. You see, he loves you that much. Tonight, if you believe, if you believe in Jesus Christ, and you are ready to surrender your life to him, you can do that now. Would you bow your heads with me? And I want you to pray along with me if tonight's the first time that you've ever prayed to ask Jesus to come into your heart, to save you, to make you new. If tonight is the first time, praise God, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God, Jesus. And tonight, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. And help me to not sin again. I make you Lord of my life. I accept you. Be with me now and forever. Help me to do your work here on earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I want you to know tonight that I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt when you come to Jesus with a broken heart and contrite spirit, you confess that He is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the only Son of God. And you believe in Him by faith. You are a new creature, a creation through Jesus. And so tonight, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are my brother or my sister. You are in the kingdom of God. And I'm thankful for you. If you're online, send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer for the first time. Just as I've talked about already tonight, your sin debt has been canceled. You are welcome to join us tonight in this moment of remembrance of the body and the blood of Jesus. We call it communion or the Lord's Supper. When we're finished with communion tonight, I'd like to ask you to stick around and, and talk with me. I'll be out front in the lobby. I'd love to speak with you if you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight. And as we conclude this series, it's called I Am Jesus. We conclude this series tonight. I want to leave you with these words from Jesus. Again, thinking back to those things that you've been posting all day on social media. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Jesus said this in John eleven twenty five. 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. What a radical statement from Jesus. Death is not the end. It's only the beginning. Jesus came. He lived the perfect life. He died in our place. 
and was raised back to life because he lives, you and I can live also. The worship team is going to lead us in a song to prepare our hearts for communion. Listen, here's what I want to ask you guys tonight. As they lead us in this song, I want you to do business with God. And when I say I want you to do business with God, if there's anything in your heart or anything in your life that, that would come between you and God, I want you to give it up to Him tonight. I want you to ask Him to forgive you. If you have something against your brother or your sister or somebody in your family or somebody in the community, I want you to ask God to cleanse you of those things. Believe that scripture. And I want us to come to God as we partake of communion tonight. I want us to come to Him prepared and ready. If you're with us tonight, I just want to say this in regards to to the kids. Parents, we always leave it up to parents how you want to deal with communion with your kids. We don't want it to be confusing for kids. If you feel like it would be best for us to pass them up, that's completely fine. Or tonight, if, if maybe if you're here and you haven't surrendered to Him, you haven't surrendered to God, you're welcome to meet Him tonight. I'd love to pray with you. If you didn't already pray tonight, I'd love to pray with you. But if you want to allow the plate to pass by you tonight, and take the time that we're going to do communion tonight to reflect on what Jesus has done for you, that would be fine as well. Father, as we humbly gather here tonight to celebrate the true meaning of of what Good Friday means to us, God, we are just in awe of everything that that day meant. God, that you sent your son, that he died on that cross, and we think of all the pain and sorrow and all the torment that he went through just so there could be remission of sins. And Lord, tonight as we celebrate the breaking of bread, it makes us remember how Jesus' body was broken for our sins. And as we celebrate the partaking of the cup, we think back to how his blood was shed for our sins. God, let it produce in us a sense of awe. Let it produce in us a sense of wonderment. And God, as terrible as that day was, I thank you, O God of heaven, that the story does not end there. Lord, that two days later, resurrection occurs and that is worth celebrating so Lord bless our service tonight bless these elements as they're passed out and just let us go home safely let us come back and worship again on resurrection morning for he is risen 
We ask all this in your precious name. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Apostle Paul writes these words in describing the, uh, the communion service. It says, For I receive from you, or, excuse me, I receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Continuing on. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for everyone for being in this space tonight. Thank you for those that are watching online. And I hope that this has been a good opportunity to remember the sacrifice of our Savior. What I'm going to ask you guys to do tonight as we exit, we're going to leave this space um, as somber as we can. Because when you come back in this space on Sunday morning, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection. And so I'd like to ask you at this time, I'm going to close us in prayer and then you can start filing out. You're welcome to go out in the lobby and talk and whatever you would like to do. As we leave the sanctuary, let's leave as somber as we possibly can. Father God, again, we thank you so much for this opportunity tonight to remember the sacrifice of our Savior Jesus. For all that you've done, God, and all that you continue to do, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Bless everyone as they leave and may we uh, be safe. And when we come back out on Sunday, may everything just be perfect to worship you in spirit and in truth. We love you and thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.